0: gentlemen, welcome back to the Battleground Podcast. This is a podcast for Christian young men who are looking to live with sexual integrity and affect the world for Christ. So, if you're a Christian young man and you want to bring all of your capabilities and capacities under the will of God, uh, then you are in the right place. If you're looking to live a whole and healthy Christian life... You've come to the right podcast. So thank you for listening. I'm your host, Wesley Reinhardt, and this is episode 27, and it's called Why in the World Are You Here? So we're going to take a quick look, a quick flyover at human purpose, uh, and and as we have the chance to look at the purpose, our purpose as men, uh, because there's a lot of things telling us this is this is the reason to live. And if we're not careful, we can say we believe one thing and then our actions start to slip. And in our heart, we believe another. So why in the world are you here? We're going to look at four uh, quick passages that just give us a clue. And these are from uh, all throughout scripture, from beginning to end, that tell us why we are living today. So, young man, Genesis 1, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Okay, we have God, Creates the world, light and darkness, sun, moon, and stars, uh, water and land, birds, fishes, and his crowning jewel of creation is man made in his own image. So Genesis 1, uh, 26 through 28 tells us, Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So, uh, four, uh, maybe it's closer to eight, quick points <laughs> that uh, that we can gather from this when we are contemplating, why am I here in twenty 2020- twenty. Four New Year. Why am I here? What am I doing? How how do I build my life? Okay, one. We are made in God's image. Um, No other created thing carries that designation. So we um, we resemble God in a special way that nothing else does. Um, But not only that. When it says male and female, He created them in the image of God both guys and girls refl- reflect God's image but there's a distinction um there's a distinction between male and female okay there's a a complementarity so to speak right there in the creation story male and female they are different they're unique and yet both equally bearing the image of God um and also, under this bearing the image of God, it's clear in Genesis we were made to have fellowship with him. Now, we know that that fellowship was lost through the fall, but man was made like nothing else to have fellowship with God and thus to bring praise to him. Okay, also under the category of purpose from Genesis 1, have dominion over nature. So, we're to bring out its latent potential, create and form a, a habitat, a culture, um, and in doing so, we resemble God, we bear his image, because we are forming, we are creating. Now, we're not creating ex nihilo out of nothing like he did. We have the things that he gave us, but he says, work the soil, um, work the land, and create a, a dwelling place. Um, and how do we know that he wants us to dwell and thrive? He says, be fruitful and multiply. Um, fill the earth and subdue it. So, we're to create cultures, you right, create nations. Um, and and several things that we can infer from th- that command alone, be fruitful and multiply. Sex is good, right? Uh, kids are good. They're part of that multiplication. Filling the earth is good. The earth is there. It's there to be lived in. Uh, that's what God made it for. So I, I know this is Genesis, and this is pre-fall, um, but when we look at human uh, humankind's original uh, purpose, which things have changed, but <laughs> things have not changed— Um, we see we are made in God's image. We're made for fellowship with him. That's written into us. We are made for dominion taking. We're made for work, um, making the world a better place. We're made for being fruitful and multiplying, sex, kids, building cultures. This is all good. So if you're a Christian young man today, all of those things you should subscribe to, making the world a better place, having dominion, and there's lots of ways to have dominion. Not all of it will be chopping down the trees with the axe or or watering the garden. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it is making the burger. Sometimes it is stocking the shelf. Uh, all of these things that are making the world more inhabitable. Um, these are good things. Helpful to think about as we think about purpose. That's Genesis 1. Let's fast forward to the wisest man uh, to ever live outside of Jesus, of course. That is King Solomon. Uh, We zoom to the end of Ecclesiastes, which is one of the several books that he wrote, and you'll probably recognize the phraseology, but after looking at the twistedness of the world after the fall, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So if we're living in the world after the fall, and if you're listening to this, you are, As as king of God's chosen nation, Solomon observed, he realized the emptiness that comes from creation that is separated uh, from the creator or or trying to take creation and misuse it, misapply it. Uh, And you read the book, it says vanity, all is vanity. I've tried everything as an end, but creation as an end to itself um, will leave you empty. And so he says, Look to God, not within ourselves. Let us fear God keep his commandments for this is man's all. So I I won't spend a lot of time here, but there's a lot to be gleaned there as you in 2023 think about your purpose. Um, Again, it has to be Godward and not within yourself. And there's a host of humanistic philosophies that will tell you um, your own happiness, your own self-actualization. these are the things you need to live for. But Solomon says, actually, look look outward, uh, look towards God, fear him, keep his commandments, um, because he knows it all, one, and and two, he's going to bring every work into judgment. So man's purpose, our purpose, fear God, keep his commandments, according to Solomon, the wisest man to live, uh, the king of Israel. All right, let's zoom forward then in, in the story of humanity and the story of the Bible. And jump to Matthew chapter 28, and this is the the Great Commission passage. So Jesus has come and been born. Um, He has instituted a kingdom and a new covenant, not like the old one. Um, And and he is reversing the work that Adam started. When Adam sinned, uh, death enters the world. Now Christ is here. Uh, He has died. He has has taken man's punishment, taken his place. And those who look to him in faith... um, the effects of the curse can be reversed in them. So, God's image bearers that that image marred by sin, you know, we are we are infected by sin, we are depraved, we can't get away from that. And yet through Christ, that can be reversed. So, when Jesus comes to earth, he dies, he rises again and he speaks to his disciples on how to live in this age. What does he say? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, the world has lost to sin. The chosen nation, Israel, has just rejected the Messiah. But what does the Messiah say to do? Point people back to me, the God who created them, follow me, follow the Son and his teachings, right? Um, make disciples of Jesus Christ, of all the nations, winning them back to the God who created them, who who desires fellowship with them, that they should bring glory to him. So you do this by teaching them, pointing them to Christ, making them or encouraging them to believe, to repent, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and he says, and this is the part that kind of wows me when I think about the redemptive story. He says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this age is weird because there's still sin in the earth. And yet things are starting to look up. The Messiah has come. The effects of the fall can be reversed God's image can be renewed in you. You can be progressively sanctified. And he says, Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. So if we go back to the beginning, God says, I'm creating you and and I want to have fellowship with you. I want to have that relationship. Sin comes in, the relationship is broken off, sin separates. But here in this in between time before the final consummation um, in this church age, God says, I'm gonna have a different type of fellowship with you. I'm giving you my Holy Spirit and he's gonna be with you even to the end of the age, which goes to show God's desire, God's mercy um, and his desire to have fellowship with mankind that mankind should know him and know his glory. So when we're thinking about purpose, Matthew 28, for those of us living in the church age is a big one. We are to make disciples, baptize them, teach them, to observe the things that Christ has commanded, the things that are preserved in the Word, the written Word of God. Um, So that tells us specifically more of our purpose in this age, not negating the things that God revealed to the people of Israel or to Solomon, uh, but now we have a little bit more information in the Church Age. Okay, one more passage from the Church Age that um, I really hadn't considered a lot until recently, but... It, it's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot here, and that's First Peter chapter two, nine through twelve. And again, there's so much here, but I just I have three observations I want you to catch. So, First Peter, Peter says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, His own special people. So if if you are redeemed by the blood of Christ, if you have placed your faith in Him, you are chosen. Um, you are a, a special and set apart people. Why? that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, you had Adam's sin, right? You you have a sin nature, and yet you put your faith in Christ, and, and he called you out of darkness into the light. He says, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Praise God. Verse 11, beloved. I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, so this age is not forever, abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So, (laughs) your purpose, according to 1 Peter, Proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness to, to quite literally glorify God. And, and what's a very practical ramification of that? Verse 11, knowing that this age is not forever and, and the way that things are now will not always be, you are to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. So sexual sin, the abuse of, of God's gift of sex, wage war against that. Um, gluttony. The abuse of, of God's gift of food and, and sustenance, you are to wage war against that. Laziness, the abuse of God's gift of work and our ability to follow him and laboring six days and resting. Um, we are to avoid that lust. Abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul. So if we are to have fellowship with our creator, uh, if we are to unify our soul with him, um, Uh, bear his image well, we have to fight these sins. And, And not only that, but as we do that, our conduct will change that when those around us see us, what's it say? Verse 12, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So you probably know the famous catechism What's the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. And this is a a verse that screams that loud and clear. All right? I don't care if you're a, a London Baptist bro, a Westminster man, uh, whichever catechism you subscribe to, uh, this, this common theme that we are made to bring glory to God. And that is, that is man's highest good. So you are chosen for that a direct ramification. You've got to abstain from fleshly lusts that, that hinder you from doing that. And as you do that, you proactively declare the glory of God. And, and if you take the name of Christ, you call yourself a Christian, your works will be doing one of two things. It'll be glorifying God or marring his name, which is a, a sobering challenge as we think about how to live in this age. So when you think about your purpose, gentlemen, You were made for fellowship with God and to glorify him. On this earth, there are several specific and common ways we do that, being fruitful and multiplying and and creating more image bearers and inhabiting this world, uh, creating cultures that will praise and glorify the creator. Now, sin has entered the world. We are living on this side of the fall. Uh, Solomon says, if you view the creation as a means, or I'm sorry, as an end in and of itself, it's empty. But fear God, keep his commandments. This is your all. Jesus, the son of God, comes to take man's punishment so that fellowship can be restored. And he says, go, point people back to me, make disciples of me. Teach them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And I will give you my presence. We can have fellowship again. Uh, It won't be full and complete fellowship. The presence of sin in your life and the flesh is still there. Um, But through the blood of Christ, that relationship is restored. And so, as you live in this church age, which if you're listening to this right now, then you are there, um, your good works, you're waging war against fleshly lusts, those things will declare the glory of God. And that's your purpose. So gentlemen, don't pursue happiness. Don't live a a self-centered life. Fight against those lusts. Uh, To borrow from Jordan Peterson, who is not a Christian, (laughs) but uh, ironically enough has pointed more people to Christ than lots of Christians. Uh, What's he say? Uh, Peterson says, don't pursue happiness, pursue meaning. And there is truth here. Um, The world is telling you, Pursue happiness and pleasure, but uh, while those are things that God has created, they are terrible ends. They are a means to an end. So if you pursue happiness, um, you, you will be left empty, but pursue meaning. Now this is where I would disagree with Peterson on what constitutes meaning. We look to our Creator, who, who dictates all things, and we know that meaning comes from glorifying Him. So, so don't live a, a pleasure-seeking, self-centered life. Live a life that is built around and centered on Christ. And it's funny how when you do that, uh, He has a way of giving so many good things to be enjoyed as, as gifts from Him. Again, if, if you try and isolate them, then that's it's called idolatry, and we know how, how that goes. So that's your purpose. What we will get to in in different episodes then, in coming episodes, is how our work, um, how our vocation, how our job, or our current uh, focus plays into those things. So as a student, how do do I glorify God? What's my purpose in that? Am I living out my God-given purpose there, or your vocation? Um, Whether you are... Flipping burgers, whether you're working at a golf course or stocking shelves, uh, working for the bank—you know—all of that—that that is work that God has said it is good for man to do. Um, so you know your purpose, and um, that will be the same in everyone to glorify God. But the the modes that we do that will look. Some of those will look different. Many will be the same, again, being fruitful, multiplying, keeping his commandments. Those are all the same things, but what will look different is the, is the work and the calling and the vocation that we each have as uniquely created image bearers of God. So we'll cover that in future episodes, but I hope this has been a, a refreshing and um, helpful reminder about why we're here as we look at the the story of Scripture. And I encourage you to check yourself. What What are you thinking about lately? What is the, man, if I could only accomplish this, what is that? And does that fall in line with this ultimate purpose of, of bringing glory to God, of, of your actions, telling others a story of God's greatness? Um, if that's not your mindset, get get alone with God and, and recenter. Fast and pray, do what you need to do um, so that your life is built around glorifying God. All right, gentlemen. It's a crazy world that we live in. We need guys who know what they're about. We need guys who know their purpose. So, thank you for tuning in for these twenty minutes. Uh, thank you for those of you who've jumped on the, on the Instagram page and followed there. Um, and if you found the podcast from the Instagram page, welcome aboard. Um, the last episode I put out was the core values and mission, just an updated uh, direction for the podcast. So, again. Christian young men who are looking to live well in a a sex-crazy and sinful world. Um, But we know that as we are sanctified, we can affect the world around us for Christ. And that's the goal here at the Battleground. So, hope this episode has been a blessing to you. Please uh, like and share with a friend, send to a brother in Christ. That's a, a massive help to the show. Until next time, keep fighting.